Hello, Pete. Hey, what's happening? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you been? Been good, man. Just hanging out. <laughs> Trying to ride out this so, COVID, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, um, how I normally do everything is you'll introduce yourself, um, what your background is, what you do for a living, and kind of give a quick synopsis of how you got into it. Okay, cool. So, uh, you can go ahead and start whenever. All right, cool. So uh, I'm Pete Ani. I'm uh, from a small town in northern Michigan, about an hour south of Mackinac Island. Um, I went to undergrad at uh, Hope College in Holland, Michigan. It's on the west side of Michigan, outside of Grand Rapids. And then I went to graduate school at California University of Pennsylvania and got a master's degree um, working with the men's soccer and softball team uh, there in Division Two athletics. And then upon... Uh, Graduation and defending my thesis, I moved down to the Big Easy and uh, started working with the New Orleans Saints, uh, did two-year internship with them uh, as a season-long intern in athletic training, and then went and worked at uh, the University of New Orleans um, through Ochsner Health System um, as an outreach athletic trainer, worked with all the sports there, and then um, was there for about a year and a half. And then the Saints called me and asked if I would return back for another two-year contract and went back for two years, um, finishing up well, about a year ago. And currently now I work uh, LCMC Health um, as an outreach athletic trainer at a local high school here. Okay. All right. So I know um, uh, a lot of people don't understand, like, what ATs do. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people think, you know, that's kind of their – that's, that's the person you go to no matter what happens, you know, yeah. all the little, you know, odds and ends. And then they started thinking yeah. the AT is something that their trainer, their strength coach does or something that their actual coach does. Um, so for those that, you know, understand, don't understand, kind of, you know, go over what you do on a daily basis. So athletic training uh, is awesome. Like, I mean, it's so diverse in terms of everything that we do. Um, the best way I kind of describe it is I'm an EMT and a physical therapist um, kind of combined in one um, and focused in kind of the athletic setting. Uh, so we are in charge of injury care. Uh, so if you're injured on the field or court, um, we're the first ones there typically, and we're in, in providing immediate care, um, whether it be an ankle sprain or concussion, we are all well educated and how to handle those those issues we also do injury rehabilitation so your sprained ankle or your concussion we're trained to kind of help return you back to play in a healthy safe safe way um injury care prevention and rehabilitation prevention we do preventative uh acts like within working closely with strength conditioning coaches if there is a strength conditioning coach there um, but we're also trained to write uh, programs um, to kind of help um, limit the, uh, reduce the risk of, of an injury to occur. Um, so, yeah. All right. So I know there's always those, all those in-betweens, you know, who do I go to, where do I go to, how, how mm -hmm. I handle all this. Um, I know here I've gotten connected with some PTs and, and ATs that yeah. work together. Same kind of situation that, that you have right now. Um, yeah. it's, it's one of those things I think a lot of people, you know, the that there needs to be more of an education of it 
that, you know, especially when they're starting out young, you know, 10, 11 years old, they're in those PPD, yeah. they're in the starting leagues, you know, you know, almost like a printout sheet, like a flyer. Like, this is what an AT does. This is what your coach yeah. does. And, you know, so on, so on throughout the mm-hmm. whole, you know, gamut. Well, um, what have you seen with athletic training, uh, like within the, the actual culture and how the professions performed since you started um, your internship with the Saints until now? So uh, I guess just more the biggest change I've seen is there's been more um, thought behind injuries and returning injuries, not playing through injuries, right? So if you get hurt back in the day, it was like, rub some dirt on it. Let's go. You, you, you're, you're not injured. You, you can keep going. Keep, let's go. Um, where now it's um, we're being smart and having safe, um, s- safer athletics by having athletic trainers there that are voicing and advocating for the, for the athlete to, Hey, this could actually turn into something worse in the, in the, in the in the long run. So um, I think having more athletic trainers, the access to athletic trainers and healthcare is improved, but there's still a long way to go. Um, Athletic trainers have a high burnout rate um, just because of uh, (laughs) how much is expected of us um, in the hours that we put forth. Uh, So I think that being able to kind of combat that and understanding athletic wise is that um, we, we have to look out for our mental health as well. Um, So seeing it takes a certain person to be able to be in this career um, and stay in it for, for a long time. Yeah. I know um, that was actually the field I wanted to get into before I switched over to exercise science. The strength and conditioning. So, um, I mean, that was the other reason I ended up at Cal U was went for my uh, PES, no, CES, mm-hmm. and then uh, went through that master's program there, and then yeah. got my CSCS. So, oh, okay, cool. I mean, that's what led me to kind of bumping into you and then working with um, Sam, yeah. uh, um, who was an AT there at the time, and, you know, running in there with Bobby and Phil and all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with... Let's see. Uh, the big thing I want to hear from you is what do you do about those? It's mainly high school, those high school programs that yeah. say, you know, I'm not going to say they, that they don't have it, but you know, they say, well, you know, they don't have in the budget to cover an athletic trainer. Um, and then you have so much more liability issues and legality issues put on the coaches. Like, I mean, I'm lucky enough to where when I coached high school, I knew how to handle those things. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's, you know, there's parts of what you do that I do not understand. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not trained in, but I feel like there's enough knowledge to where I can kind of pass them to you. Yeah. Um, what do you say to those programs when you get that response? Cause I know during the, like the contractor side of it, when you have those those ones like here, um, uh, I'm trying to think. What was the one in Pennsylvania? Uh, I want to say it's Novacare. That's wrong. Oh no. yeah, Novacare. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of big um, big hospitals now that are having these outreach athletic training programs. And my response to the, I mean, 
it is it's tough to um afford an athletic trainer it is as much as it's a need it's it's an expense right yeah um and i think that explaining to those coaches that liability okay someone goes down on the court all right and then you're responding to that who's watching your team who's taking care of your team um who's who's controlling who else is there to help control the scene right um do you have administration backing you is administration there uh if there is a catastrophic injury whether in volleyball um i always use football as a big um yeah. because football is the is the high contact high risk sport right so if someone goes down with a spinal injury you have proper um medical coverage there um to 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 care for that and i would say i mean have you had any training in understanding acute care with a spinal injury yeah no it's and that's yeah. you know that's the thing like you know i can the only thing that I can actually ever help with is probably either something I've gone through mm -hmm. or just basic like prehab rehab. On yeah. certain, I mean, that's really about it. You know, the whole, you know, when it comes to like a bulge disc or you have something mm -hmm. spinal, anything spinal really um, like that's not my thing. If it's something with a shoulder, maybe something with a knee hip. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could probably do something, you know, even the lower leg, but um, especially when it comes to like internal, when it comes to yeah. internally anything, you know, that's where there's a huge, I think there's, there's a huge gap. Um, I know I had a scare with an athlete. Um, wasn't one of mine. I actually happened to be at, at an event and um, he was, he had, uh, I think more or less he kind of pushed his heart too hard. Gotcha. And had uh, almost like an anxiety attack. Okay. And, yeah you know, kind of went down mm -hmm. and couldn't slow anything down, couldn't slow his breathing down. And, you know, they looked at me they're like, Hey, come here, come here, come here. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I, yeah. I, I, all I could do was problem solve and go through like my logic that I had and went, mm -hmm. okay, well, this is what's happening. He's responding. He's looking at me. All this is going on. We're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. So get up, let's calm down, you know, just focus on me and then we'll mm -hmm. get you where you need to go as fast as possible. I mean, and that was a thing, like, you know, and I've, I've even said, I'm not an AT, mm -hmm. you know, and I understand where, you know, budget and priority and, you know, if we put more priority on something, then it becomes something we need. And yeah. that was another push for me. And it's not to capitalize on what happened, but it was a big thing for me to kind of say, hey, why don't we have this? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that example perfectly, like just a general medical uh, thing happened. I know a year ago and um, my high school was playing at another high school. My high school doesn't have an athletic trainer and I've been pushing from it externally for a while now and just haven't gotten any, any, uh, any support. Um, just that they were playing at a, a, an away game and one of the referees went down with a, with a heart attack. Um, and the athletic trainer with, that was at the host school um, performed CPR, did AED, and saved the, saved the referee's life. I mean, who's to say if there's not an athletic trainer that that man survives, right? Yeah. So, I mean, just like basic life support, um, just having medical coverage that way. It's, it may not even be your athlete. It could be 
your your uh, your officials or someone up in the stands that goes down and needs needs support, right? Yeah. So and having that liability and that uh, that medical coverage kind of <laughs> I think is is huge. Yeah, I mean, you know, even with strength and conditioning, I've got I always say I have a very limited knowledge when it comes mm -hmm. to that, and people I. I get people to stop saying like, oh, you understand how to do this. And I said, no, like I know how to tape an ankle. I know mm -hmm. how to, you know, stabilize an elbow. I know how to stabilize a shoulder. I do not know how to tape a knee if you have an LCL, MCL sprain or something. I said, yeah. if you have an ACL tear, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I mean, the most I'm going to say is probably let's keep the leg straight and just try and keep it not i mean i don't want to and i don't want to lock it so that's the other thing like what do i have around you know yeah i don't know you know is it a partial tear is it a full tear you know yeah. i know that athletes in severe pain yeah. and i don't want to make them do anything so my my first inclination is i want to pick them up and get them to where they don't have to bear any weight and that's about like the extent of my knowledge it's exactly what you should do <laughs> and, and that's it i mean if you can I think that some of it comes out of common sense, you know, mm -hmm. here, but yeah, I, I really feel like there's going to be, there has to be more of an education and not just like an online thing. There has to be, maybe it's, um, you know, an outreach program or something from like Novacare or from yeah. here, um, from a couple of places around here for, um, uh, I think there's different uh, physical therapy places that have ATs that are licensed. Yeah. Um, you know, they have outreach maybe once a month or once every once before once a week, yeah. to where they can give like a three, four hour course. Mm -hmm. But even then, I mean, I guess, you know, something better than nothing. Until yeah, you, no, I agree. Yeah, and, you and it, either do something about it and get someone there yeah. or, you know, I'm talking like long run is go do it yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think that the biggest thing, though, too, is that uh, is, is getting the conversation started, right? And promoting athlete safety, right? So that's what that's we want to have athletics because athletics was so impactful in our in our lives growing up, right? I mean, that's why I became an athletic trainer is I love sports. And I wanted to be in medicine. And I wanted to be able to combine both of those things. And athletic training allowed me to be able to do both of that. And the biggest thing when I'm, when you're trying to sell things to administration or even parents, just being like, who's watching your kid? Like how safe do you feel if something happens? Do you have someone there that is trained in, in acute care to provide medical coverage for your yeah. son or daughter? Um, and just coming at it for a safety um, point of view because athletic trainers are needed and that that's we we provide a safer environment for high school college and professional as well as recreational i know there's some re recreation um athletic training coverage out there um and so yeah i mean it's just it, we, providing that safety safety net so to say yeah uh, i mean at least uh, you have someone licensed there that mm -hmm. you can lean on i mean yep. And that's, I mean, that's the same thing as, you know, as a strength coach, you know, so if I have an athlete in the gym, they're leaning on me for, you know, knowledge, yes or no's. And it's the same thing for you guys when they yeah. walk into your office and saying, Hey, I have this problem here. It's been doing, you know, they list all the symptoms, um, yeah. you know, and then you get, I think the other thing is you get people that are getting directed to 
because um, like one of the things I asked you about was like the big misconceptions and you know going between do I go to a dot general general practitioner do I go to, yeah. a, do I go to a PT yeah. um, uh, you know where do I go for certain injuries and yeah. I know it gets it gets real difficult because people want to say well just go to your doctor and I'm like you know if it's something if it's something internal within one of the bodily systems you know that has to deal with you know anything but bones and muscles i'm probably going to agree with you you know until you get to the point where you know if you say i have a, any kind of sprain strain or break then you know that that break needs to go to the emergency you know that, that sprain you know you might want to go to the to the er to the ed and get mm -hmm. an air and extra but after yeah. that it has to be um that cohesion with uh all the pro all the professional fields where you take that that ed doctor to you know, have that relationship with that at remote yeah. and they transfer them to them and uh, yeah i mean uh, that's the that's the thing like you're saying god and care that's another like domain that we do is um like an injury happens like where do you go um and not everything like you said not everything needs to go to the emergency room but what does go to the emergency room what doesn't go to the emergency room and then okay if i have a condition who do i go to do i have to go to my primary care or do i need to go to an orthopedic specialist or um do i go to I have a skin condition going to a dermatologist. Does it need to go to a dermatologist? And then also kind of having a knowledge of um, how insurance works. That's that's a whole nother uh, ball game. Um, yeah, we, that's a whole nother conversation. But insurance is a uh, just knowing how to navigate, how to um, make appointments without with optimizing your insurance plan so you don't get double or hit hard. <laughs> for paying for things like yeah that's something that i've learned in the field not not in the classroom yeah i mean and i watched that happen with um i can't think of the company that is actually within the at room at cal u but i mean i, I watched, oh, I watched yeah. go, go with her the, the the pt that was there um you know she was gracious enough to bring a lot of a lot of people on to mm -hmm. observe and be students and so I watched it with them. I watched it within the university, you know, to where the amount of paperwork is unreal. I mean, it's, 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 I, and I've watched it even here at Coastal. I've watched some of the ATs here and, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I devote sometimes just my afternoon or evening to catching up on paperwork. And yeah. you sit there and go, oh, there's no way there's that much. But I remember after working in the AT room as a GA, working just just with insurance coordination it was <laughs> oh yeah it was my coming because a lot of it was cold calls a lot of it was catching up with people a lot of it was validation verification and then just having trying to get people to call back and i mean i can only imagine what you're doing obviously you know you have a wider range of people you know obviously yeah. if you're saints it's like you know you have one organization it's pretty it's pretty mm -hmm. easy you narrow it down but you know the moment you jump out and you go to like uh university of new orleans you know you you're going you know how many athletes in a season or or in academic year 
and then you know you got people come in and out you got intake forms you got outtake forms you got transfers and i mean this is like the one side of athletics i i, I wanted to bring light to some people that they don't see happen yeah <laughs> the paperwork side that no one talks about and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, working in the high school, we have kids that come out for football, like, oh, I want to play football. I'm like, okay, cool. Or they want to play volleyball. Like, all right, I need a physical. So get a physical before you can even play. And then they come out for a week, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I, I don't want to do this anymore. So they're just like, oh, I just went through all that paperwork. And then, but anyways, no. And then, like, a big part uh, is during that physical process, we talk about – um um, prevention, and this is huge in, in, in athletic training, is during that pre-participation physical, we do a general or a pretty in-depth um, health history of family. Uh, so we can gather if they're at high risk for any condition with, it, with physical activity. And then we do a complete orthopedic scan. And they're seen by a, a provider, whether that be a physician assistant, a physician, or a nurse practitioner and um, they get a, a heart and lung eval um, just to make sure they're physically fit. And we've had a couple I, in my career, we've had a few that we've had to red flag and go see cardiologists for a workup um, to ensure that they don't fall, fall out when they're out on the, on the field or court. Um, and thankfully knock on wood uh, we, we've, we've, been able to avoid avoid all those um but that that's that's one big um component athletic trainers can kind of help guide and that's another thing that you can advertise to your administration being like who's running your physicals are they like who's who's making sure everyone's cleared and has the proper documentation um that everyone should be doing what they need to be doing all right, so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a case study. I want I want to hear your reaction to how you would handle it, and uh, what you would right. do with this person from the start. All right, so um, normal readings, like normal uh, BP, heart rate, you know, blood work, normal vitals. Okay. Yeah, but you have a history of, um, we'll say, uh, CHF. Uh, so anyone listening. Um, congestive heart failure, and then um, you've got a uh, blood cloning disorder and a uh, slight heart murmur and um, exercise-induced asthma. Would you let that person hit the floor right away? No, they need, they need a, I need a doctor's note. <laughs> I need like, a. They, they're gonna go see some specialists before they go out on the, uh, the on the court or anything. Um, so, like, wh how extensive would your would that person have to? Or how like what kind of doctors visits um, paperwork would that person have to go through before they even get into practice? So first off, they'd go probably go see a cardiologist uh, if we couldn't get in for the cardiologist. Um, and then it comes down to what's access to getting into the cardiologist because cardiologists are a very, that's a hard appointment to get typically. So you're talking about one week to two weeks to get in, um, to see an initial evaluation. And then after that, the cardiologist who has significant training, uh, listening to heart murmurs and, um, those disorders that you listed off, um, I, 
they're going to be like, okay, do we need to do another workup? Do we need to do a stress test? Do we need to do um, uh, any, uh, do we need to have them wear a heart monitor throughout the day um, and log when they feel like they, they can feel their heart uh, flutter? Um, and I want, I would feel, that's where I would feel comfortable is if that cardiologist is like, no, nope, they're good. And I need that on paper saying, Miss, Miss Jane Smith is cleared for full participation with athletics with no restrictions. Yeah. As soon as I get that paper with that MD signature, they're all good to go. Okay. <laughs> but until then, they, uh, they got to go see, uh, see those specialists and um, do whatever that specialist tells them to do. And, um, yeah, that's, 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 that's the course of action that, that goes forward. So that gives actually me. Oh, really? Yeah. And, oh, and the other thing was a, a regular heartbeat. So, wow. yeah. Yeah, that kid was me. Um, okay, did you? Uh... I, I, I get I get checkups and everything. Um, yeah. Like, uh, thank God for my wife and my mother-in-law, my mom for like pushing me and harping on me about it to actually go get blood work done, um, like four or five years ago. But okay. uh, yeah, I've got a uh, factor five Leiden, so it's a blood clotting disorder. Um, okay. Good. Like I'm not a carrier. You know, like I have it, so like the yeah. next generation won't get it. Okay. But there was that. Um, I had a heartbeat that looked like I had a, I'd had a heart attack because it looked mm. like there was damage. Yeah. Um, so it like it. I'm gonna butcher the crap out of this, so you'll laugh. <laughs> but um, it kickstarts too early. Between okay. URS, it, it kickstarts too early. Um, so there's no atrium afib you got a little afib almost yeah so there's there's no um there's god i feel so stupid there's no depolarization got it it's what it looks like there's no there's no downward spike yeah kind of it looks and that's where that flutter not not so much the flutter but you can hear the like muddied of the um the valve Mm -hmm. when it comes through certain times the good thing is i started to grow out of it so the murmur got less and less and less. Uh, you only hear it when I'm laying down, which <clears> is <throat> another thing. Like I always harp on people and athletes I train uh, when we're done doing like footwork, agility, you know, you're not allowed to lay down. And they always look at me, why, why, why? And I said, well, you know, you could have a heart attack or you want to stroke out. And they go, wait, really? And I was like, yeah, because what will happen is all that, all that blood will pull. Your heart doesn't work. There's no – you know, there's no circulation. And I said, and then you black out and you don't know what happened. So, but yeah, that was me as a kid. I mean, I, I still carry uh, an inhaler just in case. Um, started to grow out of the exercise induced asthma part. Still comes back here and there, but mm-hmm. now it's more of like a wall. Like after I hit that wall and then I hit a groove. So it <laughs> it's something I've... I still preach to the, like, to my athletes, like, yeah. you know, make sure your stuff's up to date, make sure you get mm-hmm. blood work done. Like I hate needles, but do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was honestly probably the scariest moment of my life was when at 26, you... what? 26. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was at, I was at 26. Um, I was actually still in Pennsylvania okay. uh, and they ran a portable EKG. It came back. Uh, like I had a heart attack and they said, you know, you need to go, 
you need to go now. Like, you need to go to the ED now. Because um, they had also done blood work, and they were trying to rush it. They couldn't rush it fast enough. Mm-hmm. And, and it clicked in my mind what was going on. Good thing was my wife was with me. She is an um, ER nurse, ICU nurse. Oh. At the, and so she's staying calm. I'm, I'm having a panic. And yeah. it finally kicked in. Uh, we went. Um, that was the biggest eye-opening experience ever. Full cardiac workup. I got to see an echo, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, those are pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, like, what would you say to those athletes that, like, you know, for me, like, I, I grew up with it. You know, I, I, I dealt with it, and I, and I'll be honest, I took that time. I took too long to make the decision I did. Like, what do you say to those athletes whenever they are told they have what can be a serious condition? Well. Uh what I would tell those athletes is there's still, we can still do things um, that it's going to be different. It's not going to be the same that it was, but the reasoning why we're not doing it the same way is because you have a condition that could potentially end your life. Um, And just having that serious conversation and being like, you may not be able to play run cross country anymore. Um, You may not be able to play soccer. Um, Volleyball, maybe. Um, but what can we do to keep you involved is we can have you be a team manager or if you're cleared by your team, uh, by the cardiologist through all these this testing and, and uh, monitoring, like, hey, like, maybe, maybe, maybe we get you back. But let's try to keep you involved in sports some way. If, if that's something that you want to do, it's not it's not over. We can we can keep you involved. Um, yeah. Just and it's just going to look different. So that's, I mean, that's really what I would say is just try to keep them involved and then use the cardiologist methods, um, be like, Hey, what can this kid do? What can't this kid do? Um, because I mean, like I said earlier, we, we, we love sports. So there's a reason why we're involved in what we do and we want to continue to give those opportunities to the, to the next generation. And if it's in a different capacity, then, it's in a different capacity, but so um, we'll change gears just a little bit. Uh, yeah, what's the difference you've seen with, I guess, with athletic training and athletics in general? Once you go from the collegiate, I mean, even if you look at the Division One side, was uh, University of New Orleans was D one, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Even if you go from D two to D one, and then you make the jump to professional, like what were the differences in each progression? within your job well within my job uh so basically the hard part with uh within college athletics is time um because as a collegiate athlete you are also a full-time student (laughs) so you get injured man that that's that's tough um because basically you're doing classes full-time then you got to get in the training room and get about an hour hour and a half of rehab and treatment done on your um on your injury and then then you if you're lucky you're still practicing so then you got two to two and a half hours of practice then you got to go study to get to start it all back all over again um and it's it's i would say that's the one of the hardest things within uh collegiate athletics for an injury um is that time um aspect within professional sports they like this that's their job so they they show up early 
Um, it stinks. They got to be there early, um, but then they got to they they stay um, they stay a little later because they got to go through their meetings and things of that nature. Um, and then a couple of other big. I guess it really depends on where you are within um, collegiate sports. Um, so that when I when I say with that is money. Okay, so there is definitely a disparity in money between Ohio State University and University of New Orleans. Um, you can get whatever you'd want um, at Ohio State. Anything and everything. Everything's at your disposal. University of New Orleans, we've got to be a little more creative in terms of uh, what, we, what we use um, in terms of supplies. Uh, we have the same support relatively uh, with the hospital system, which is nice working as an outreach athletic trainer, I just contact my physician and we can kind of expedite appointments and things of that nature, um, getting them in next day, if not same day, uh, which, which is really nice from, a, from actually a healthcare standpoint, it's relatively easy. Um, but take that up a little bit more a notch when you're in professional sports, you know that cardiology appointment that probably took you a week to get, if they hear a heart murmur, they're in the office of the cardiologist that afternoon. Yeah. Um, I, uh, in physicals, I remember we had a guy, he had a little heart murmur. Um, that next, it was the next day he had a, a CT. Uh, he had so many uh, tests taken on, um, echoes, and which general population is taking almost a month to get all those tests done, blood work and things of that nature. And so time, time is just expedited in terms of uh, providing the, the care for them. Um, so I guess that's, that's kind of like the, the, the biggest difference um, is just how fast things are able to go to. So. Did you find it easier to work for the Saints than it was to work on the collegiate level? Uh, yeah, I would say yes and no. Um, in terms of support i had a lot more support with the saints uh than at uno where at uno i was the athletic trainer for cross country men's and women's track and field indoor outdoor volleyball and beach volleyball so i had that's about 100 athletes for one athletic trainer when i was at the saints we had seven athletic trainers for a 63-man roster. So just in terms of support and being able to um, provide that one-on-one care uh, is, was uh, a little easier with the Saints. Yeah. And that's why I think, uh, like, you see all these, like, D1 programs, you know, kind of like you're saying, like, Ohio State, you can have what you want. You know, mm-hmm. you get to, like, Penn State, can't, you know, same kind of thing. You get into those big programs, the big yeah, power. Yeah, power fives, yeah. You know, um, that's where you have big donors, I think, outside of pro. You know, you have those big donors that are like, okay, we'll give you $5 million. This is what you need to do. And then you guys can afford whatever you want. You know, it's, yeah. I think it still comes down to the whole idea of like, you know, all the way down to the high school affording one athletic trainer is exactly. just magnified depending on what level you're looking at. Um, you know, you go to I, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at there are some high school football programs in te- like Texas, Oklahoma that 
have better budgets than some D2 and D1 schools. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's sad, but it's also extremely amazing how that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love looking at trying to figure out, like, the inner workings of those because mm-hmm. I think to myself, like, one, how do you get hooked up with that? What's the return? I think that's another thing. Like, what's the return for that person? Um, because you can't, you can't do any kind of contract, salary, anything for that athlete. There's no endorsement. That, that endorsement happens. There's an NCAA violation. There's a lot of other problems. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you look at it on like a Division One standpoint, you know, they're like, you know, or at least collegiate, you know, all right, well, we'll name this building after you. There you go. Okay, cool. You know, that's usually one of the easier ways to do it. Um, but I think it's, it gets difficult because I know with ATs, I've seen numerous ones come in and out in a year. You know, you have like a whole wave of people every year uh, sometimes. And I know sometimes it depends on the coach. Sometimes it depends on the sport, uh, depends on the university. There's so many factors. And There's a lot of factors, yeah. That was, that was part of what pushed me away was the hours to pay. And it was, <laughs> it was only because it was something, it wasn't something I loved doing. I didn't like the idea of doing it at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I could probably see myself. I could, I could definitely see it. Um, but that's where I was like, all right, I want to make volleyball a full-time job in some yeah. way. And mm-hmm. so I was able to get in the weight room. That was like, that was my big kick in. And so, like, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I say this to you, and I know you probably say the same thing, is, you know, I commend you for putting all those hours in. But <laughs> it's what you love doing, so is it working? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, 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 a lot of, uh, it's a lot of work. I mean, I, uh, I enjoy it. Um, it's something that you definitely have to enjoy, and I know that – what I talked about earlier, the burnout of athletic trainers is very high. Um, the hours and then just the pay and the respect that we're given. Um, and I think a lot of that is starting to change, but I don't think it's changing as fast as people want it to. Um, and where now athletic trainers jump out and go into like the insurance world or um, doing different type things uh, within medicine. Um, it's just not focused in on athletic training. And I know athletic training as itself is, is um, progressing uh, into other uh, uh, settings. So in the industrial setting, so like Amazon or, um, yep. or yeah, like warehouse. Like Google or something. Yeah. So they're basically working with the general population. They're kind of uh, – helping them with their desk jobs. So why people are sitting like this, looking at typing at a computer all day. So helping them to educate them in terms of um, working on posterior muscles, right? And then also like just having them understand and they're actually seeing a decrease in um, workers taking off because of uh, illness, um, because they, they, they have knowledge and they, they know where to go too, because um, I have a friend, she doesn't know where, she's had nick pain for 
I don't know how long, for as long as I've known her, and she doesn't know where to go. And through her through her work and insurance, like it's trying to navigate that that system and trying to help her, you know, like educate her and be like, hey, you need to go here, here, and here. But none none of those avenues are set up. So having yeah. an athletic trainer in those types of settings is kind of like is the liaison between the the worker and the the um, um, the healthcare providers. So yeah. um, that I mean, athletic training is starting to adapt that way. Um, but the bulk of a lot of athletic trainers are still in the uh, typical athletic setting, which is very high high burnout. Yeah, and I know it's the same thing with a lot of other medical professionals where they're you get either underpaid or you're overworked. I mean, yeah. and those sometimes those go hand in hand. I think sometimes it's a personal commitment. Like some people are like, yeah, that's fine. I'll stay the extra hour. You know, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, I'll do it on my own time. Um, but I still think the actual value of paying somebody is to come in and have that security. I mean, even if it is a middle school game where you know these kids are barely making baskets, but, you know, all they have to do is just push off of a foot wrong. I mean, and, you know, there goes a ligament, you know, or someone collides, you know, head to head and not realize it because maybe they're not yeah. coordinated. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, too, like building that trust at, at, at that young age, too, for athletic trainers, like staying that extra hour or staying with those middle school kids they see you now, they recognize, they may not under, not trust you as a middle schooler, um, but their parents see you and you, the more interactions you have with them, the more likely that they're going to turn around and be like, oh, okay, like he's been here for a while, like I trust, I trust him and he's going to help my son or daughter get better in, in, in a safe, safe manner. He's just not here to collect a paycheck, right? He's, he's here yeah. to help and um breaking in breaking those barriers does take time but um yeah. it's they're tough yeah and i know a lot of i mean i had a couple ats that i had one at i actually worked with at la fitness in bridgeville um okay. and he was asking me about like you know getting this getting his cscs and i said mm-hmm. do it i'm like don't i mean you already have a four-year degree that that applies to it go do it mm-hmm. because yeah. that makes it more marketable so yeah. to say Hey, working your job, it pays well, but you're like, hey, I want to branch off. Maybe on the weekends, I want to train. Okay, go train. You can do that now. You know, I'm seeing a lot more shift in that. You have ATs that either go for their CSCS or they go to PT school, OT school. Um, There's no more, I know, like I was talking to um, Bobby Sapizi, you know, there's no more stopping at, or I'm sorry, well, Bobby and um, Ryan Leibrick, um, where they're saying, you know, I'm about doesn't cut it anymore no you know masters is the end-all beat-all now you have to at least get masters and you know i've contemplated over the last couple years do i get my doctorate and then i come back to it and i keep saying well you know i have no intention on moving anymore so the only thing that a doctor does for me is one of two things either i look really smart (laughs) or um you know like okay well i can charge more now because of those those letters yeah but you know, even with training, do I really want to do that? Yeah, probably yeah, not. And the other thing is teach at the college. Um, and with this climate and everything going on, you know, if I teach and I don't like it, then I've chunked out thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 for a piece of paper. Minimum. So, yeah. 
So <laughs> it does get very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, I mean, I know a handful of the athletic trainers I worked with at Cal, they're all in education now. Um, they've all advanced degrees, um, and they, they, they wanted to go that route. Um, they worked a few years, and they're like, I want to be more in the educational aspect, and not only just working with athletic trainers, but also educating um, one of my, my roommates is actually now uh, in biomechanics, so doing a lot of biomechanic research and um, helping in, in that realm, uh, which is really, really fascinating and cool cool stuff. I'm actually looking to go into getting an, an advanced degree as a physician assistant because I want to be more in the clinical aspect. Um, I, I, I enjoy that aspect, um, the evaluation and taking someone from broken, broken and being able to fix them and return them back to uh, normal life. So uh, that's, that's what I'm looking at right now. And I think, at, but like you said, what does that value add to my my life and my ability to help people, right? Um, I'm a, I'll, I'll be able to help more variety of people as a phys- physician assistant versus an athletic trainer. Um, where, like, as a strength coach, going to get a doctorate, I mean, makes you look really smart and maybe do yeah. some research with it. But, yeah, I, 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 I understand your dilemma there. <laughs> yeah. And that's where, you know, I've noticed a lot more people go, at least a lot of the ones I've either stayed in contact with or the ones I, I try and follow, um, they're going into business for themselves. I mean, they're doing it on their own. They're either consulting, they're going in partnerships with PTs or they're with training facilities. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing down here is mm-hmm. the strength coach I'm working with is we're uh, he went into uh, he's with a, in a partnership with a physical therapist, and the new facility we're going to be moving into, um, the PT gets one of the offices and three or gets you know has a certain part of it and has three offices or three rooms where he can see clients. True rooms, yeah. Yeah, and it's you know it's just one of those things we want to end up building, you know, a big complex where it's athletics. You have your prehab, rehab, you have maybe chiropractors, you have your ATs, you have almost anything you want in one roof. Yeah. But, you know, that's one of those, you know, it's a pipe dream right now. But, you know, it's one of those things I think you start seeing more privatized and that's where they start getting paid for what they're worth. You know, obviously that's one thing I think it's hard where you get seen as new in the game and Mm – people don't want to value the same value you the same way then when you start getting three four five years under your belt and it's not so much what the resume says but how you feel as a professional Mm -hmm. then you go okay i have maybe it's just about getting the confidence like i have the confidence i have now have the ability and the knowledge to step out and do this on my own yeah no for sure and i think like with that too, is I see that's that's also a shift I've been seeing is these these sports plexes opening up where you have like trainers, strength conditioning, physical therapists all under one roof, kind of being able to triage into referrals into physicians and things of that nature. Um, but I think it also benefits the student athlete to be able to have access to all that in one room and having the confidence of 
being able to train and then if something happens there's someone there to help me and then someone help to kind of um guide me in my in my recovery process so yeah, yeah i think that's awesome yeah. and that's what i know it's cool to see that um there's a complex that i follow uh it's called the athlete matrix up in canada okay mississauga i think is how you say it oh um, yeah that's where uh yeah we had a couple softball girls from over there yeah um and that's what they have i mean they have a big complex and that's what they do and that's all they do but um you know i think it's you have you know and this is a whole other talk is you know how you plan it and all that but yeah even with, with at um what were some of your biggest like obstacles you had to get over in order to like continue pursuing what you were pursuing? Like throughout, throughout your journey, what were the biggest toughest things you had to deal with? Uh, some of the biggest things, like toughest, toughest obstacles to, to deal with was kind of like budgeting time. Like I've missed a handful of my really good friends weddings because I had to go cover a, I was working uh, a weekend where I was covering a soccer game or something or a football game. Right. Um, and then like, I would say that was probably one of the biggest, the uh, knowing that I had to miss a lot of life events, right. Um, to do something, to do my job. Um, but in terms of just like within athletic training, one of the hardest things I would say was <laughs> just the course course load. And then the clinical aspect on top of that, um, yeah as a student, right? Uh, you, I remember in undergrad, I would get up at, I had an on-campus job and it was, I got there at 6.30 in the morning and worked till 9, 9.15, then walked across campus to go to class for an hour, um, and then had a break from like 10.30 to 11, and then had, um, then had another class at 11 and then ate, ate lunch, and then I went to clinicals from two to six. And if it was a foot or if it was a game night, I would get home at nine o'clock, and then I would go to the library till midnight. And that was my cycle. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was just constantly in between classes and uh, on campus job things. Um, so that that was that was hard um, to balance that uh, that load, um, but. It was rewarding. It was, it was rewarding yeah. in the end. And I know, like, I look at it now, and that was one thing, like, I wish I did more internships, you know, just to get a better base before I stepped out. Mm -hmm. um, I think not doing that also pushed me to have to do it on my own, like, research on my own. Um, and I know with kind of like what, what you said, that routine. I mean, that routine – creates the professional in you and then you it's honestly think it's easier in a sense it's easier to do the job than it is to prepare for the job yeah and once you you, know, you do those four four years of work which is basically what it is it's four years of prep and then you get into your job and then you know that first week or so you're kind of nervous whatever here yeah. there but you're learning but then once that first couple weekends go by and you're just grinding, you know, running on top and you're ready to go. And you yeah. kind of look and go, 
oh, those four years weren't that hard. And then, <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah. oh, it's worth it. And I think that's, that's another thing where it comes to athletics. You know, it comes to those kids when they start out in high school. And it's like, you know, get in there, get in those routines. Yeah, uh, the biggest really- thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's what one thing that's harped on. Uh, what Coach Payton would always tell all the rookies, uh, he'd be like, find your routine. Find what routine works for you um, and stick to that routine. Because as soon as you become routine, then you'll be – other things you're able to focus on other things because you're like, all right, I know and I got to be here and do this and this and this. Um, and you become better at what you do. Yeah. And I know, uh, I mean, even I do this still from time to time is I get caught up with trying to, um, like I want to do stuff for me or I want to, <laughs> I want to, yeah. I want to sit, I want to, I want to watch this. I want to play this. I want to go here. And you kind of just go, uh, you know, you look back, after a couple times of doing that and you go, I wasted that time mm-hmm. and yeah. I could have either read or I could have watched something better or I could have listened to something better. And mm-hmm. then you kind of learn, yeah. you know, build those habits. And, you know, I know with, with my profession, a lot of it was prep work. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's, I mean, it's more with you, with AT as well as, just nothing but prep with nothing but prep work to make your day easier. Yeah. That is it. <laughs> I'm going to make a schedule now, you know, the morning of rather than say, all right, your sign up sheets outside my door. You know, you have to figure out your times for tomorrow, do it on your own. I'll mm-hmm. be in here during this time. If you don't come in, not my problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, the prep work that you try to do to make it make it uh, make it easier is <laughs> is definitely uh, warranted. And the days that you don't do the prep work or think about like other things that you could have done, like oh, I just I want to have a lazy day, which is fine. You should have those days. But in the same sense is that are you being productive and did you get better today? That's what I always tell tell myself at the end of the day, did I get better today or was I complacent? And each day is like, each day is a new opportunity to get better. So, so well, um, with that, that's kind of all I have for you. Um, cool. <laughs> I do have, I need one thing from you and that's going to be, um, any advice to athletic trainers, athletes, anyone out there, like kind of getting into their professional field. Um, yeah. what was some of the best advice you got and kind of what helps you keep going? Cool. Yeah, so uh, some advice I would give any young athletic athletic training um, student or anyone list, looking to go into athletic training or really any profession, I would say, um, get experience. Go shadow. Go uh, um, see what the day in the life is of that, that job. Um, network with that person. Um, really get to know the ins and outs of what they do on a day-to-day basis. Um, and be a constant learner. You always want to be uh, a sponge. So you're trying to absorb as much information as you possibly can um, and just constantly uh, be, be, a, be a learner. Um, and, you know, it goes uh, leaps and bounds when you're able to be able to do that. Um, and, yeah, I, I think uh, just, just expose yourself more um, and constantly exposing and that, that's my, uh, my biggest advice for, for anyone going into uh, 
in, in, in into the field. So, okay. All right. Well, thank you again, Pete. I uh, appreciate you coming on, man. It was great. Yeah. Catching up with you. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll be keeping up with you on Instagram, Facebook, and everything. So uh, just cool. keep posting those uh, cool experiences you've been having. So yeah, for sure. Now oh, well, it was good, uh, uh, good catching up with you, and uh, I'll, I'll keep following your journey. And uh, best of luck. If you need anything, give me a shout. Oh, we'll do. Um, I'm gonna tag you in this, and um, anyone have any questions for Pete here? Just message him. I'm sure he'll answer. Um, anything dealing with AT, especially, um, I'm gonna, uh, you know, recommend you to anybody. So, um, take it easy, man. I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Uh, you too.